Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the Say It Again Network. Tyler Lawrence, Zach Alfers here today. We're going to break down this terrible, terrible Cowboys game, <laughs> and we'll be talking a little bit about the Chargers matchup with the Chiefs. Let's just get into it, man. What do you see from this uh, this game against the Cowboys? Yeah, I, this one's a bummer because I I felt like we we had so many opportunities to pull this one out and just came up that just that much short and it, it pains me because I thought we had so many different chances and I think the first thing that jumps out to me is I did not like the energy we started the game with we came out so flat like a, a seltzer water you opened and you put in the fridge left for a week and drank so flat and the exact opposite of the energy we started you like that it was really bad no no fizz or at all and I mean we talked about it last week. Dallas came off a very tough outing week one against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, had 10 days to prepare. They were going to be ready, and we knew we were going to need to be extra focused to pull out a win. They come out, awesome drive, 78 yards, cap it off with a Tony Pollard touchdown. But, you know, that was just one possession. We knew that this coming in it was going to be a high-scoring game. That's what we thought. So – and I really like how we rebuttaled. We had two big plays of our own, the 20-yard Austin Eckler run, then the 22-yard uh, Keenan Allen reception. But then there, from there, Herbert throws that interception, which I think is one of the own, one of two really bad throws he threw all day. Um, he underthrew his guy. I, I didn't think it was a bad decision because I think Keenan had to step on him, but it was a poorly thrown ball. It allowed Trayvon Diggs to make an amazing play on it. And then from that moment on, we were playing from behind. And... I just did not like the energy we started that game with. It, it to me it was the exact opposite of how we started week one against Washington football team. It definitely was not the greatest game. Talking about that Trayvon Diggs interception, it really honestly wasn't a bad, it wasn't even a bad throw. It was a great play by Trayvon Diggs. He's got the speed on a crosser with Keenan Allen, who doesn't have the speed, and he just he broke on the ball. And this offense is based on those, you know, you see it, you throw it, you see it, you throw it. And it was there until it wasn't, right? right? And that's just a good player making a good play. And that was right. one of the matchups yeah. we talked about last week was Keenan Allen against Trayvon Diggs. We knew that was going to be a matchup. And overall, he kept uh, Keenan Allen kind of at bay. Keenan Allen had four catches on eight targets for 108 yards. He got behind the defense. He got some some long gains. Uh, you, you look at there was two that jumped to my mind that were like 30-plus yard gains mm -hmm. for Allen. It was a good matchup overall. Uh, let's get into some of the stats. So PFF team stats overall, the Chargers sit 71.2, which is 16th. Offense, they rank 9th. Pass, they rank 11th. Receiving, they rank 6th. Pass blocking, they rank 25th. That's uh, that's not good. And a lot of that just comes from the right side. Storm Norton, we'll yeah. talk about that in a bit. Uh, for the running game, uh, for the running backs, I should say, they rank 17th in the NFL. For run blocking, they rank 12th. Defense overall, they rank 24th. Rush defense, they rank 30th. Pass rush, they rank 9th. And then in coverage, they rank 12th. So they're kind of at the middle to back end of most of the PFF team stats. Uh, your week two highest graded offensive players, uh, Austin Eckler ranked at 82.5. Matt Filer, 79.2. Mike Williams, 77.8, uh, Donald Parham, 72.1, and Keenan Allen, 71.3. Your defensive grades, Derwin James, 77.7, .7, Joey Bosa, 
Drew Tranquil got in for uh, at least one series while uh, Kenneth Murray was out. He had a 74.9 grade. Kyler Fackrell, who had an awesome hit on Dak Prescott, 73.3. And then Asante Samuel Jr., who I think played a terrific game. Oh, yeah. Definitely ranked way too low, 72.6. And then going over the game stats, Herbert was 31 of 41, completing 75% of his passes for 338 yards. He had one touchdown, but he did have those two interceptions, which limited uh, his his day overall because he really did have a good day. Uh, Austin Eckler was finally used in the passing game. He had nine receptions on nine targets for 61 yards. He had 115 all-purpose yards. He was a big part of the offense. Mm -hmm. And then Keenan Allen, I just said, four for eight, 408 yards. And Mike Williams continuing to be involved very heavily in this game plan. Uh, He had seven catches for 91 yards and a catch and run on just a a quick give give him the ball out on the outside, out on the boundary, and let him go make a play. And he, he ended up scoring a touchdown there. So I like what I'm seeing from Mike Williams. And then the last part of this defense stats that are of note, Adderley was kind of all over the field. The ball did get up to the third level far too often, but he was making some good shoestring tackles, nine tackles. He had one pass deflection. Uh, Duran James had seven tackles. He had one monster tackle for loss, and he got that half sack. Uh, Kenneth Murray had seven tackles and another pretty ridiculous tackle for loss. Uh <laughs> Jerry Tillery had a lot of tackles, but those stats are padded because he had a bad day. And then uh, Samuel had four tackles. He had those three really good pass deflections, and he had the one interception. Overall, um, their day was kind of overshadowed by penalties, though. Ultimately is what it comes down to. What are some key takeaways you're getting? Let's get into the good first, and we'll talk about the massive amounts of notes I have on the bad. (laughs) <laughs> all Go right ahead. yeah good let's see first i i i think just because i i badmouthed them a little my first take i think herbert was awesome besides those two interceptions he threw i i do think both were kind of i i i'm i wanted greatness from him so i'm not going to live with those i think they were bad passes for the caliber of quarterback he is now what i did like from him is we, we got to see a, a lot of his talent. I really liked how he extended plays with his legs. Uh, when the pocket wasn't there, he got out and found his guy, kept his eyes downfield. I love that the accuracy and arm strength was on full display, and he squeezed some balls into some very tight windows. Not a lot of guys in the league can make some of the throws he made this past Sunday. He was definitely you, pushing the f- ball down the field a lot. No, and I, li- I like it. I like his aggressiveness. You mentioned his stats, 338 yards. This is his 17th start, and now has 10 games with 300-plus passing yards. That is ridiculous. One of three players to do that, Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, are the only three players to have that many 300-yard passing games. Pretty remarkable company for a really remarkable player that is just touching the, you know, just the tip of what he's uh, capable of in this league. Um, and then you touched on it too, Mike Williams, man, this guy's trying to get paid this summer. He has read all of the articles, bad mouthing them. He is not having it. And he leads all chargers receivers with 22 targets through two games. We've heard it all off season. Lombardi was saying the X receiver, the ball finds the X receiver in this offense. And he was not lying. 
You said it, seven catches for 91 yards this this past game. Mike Williams is on fire right now, and we're not really even throwing them 50-50 balls. These are all no. intermediate routes, um, and I, I can't even – I don't think we've sent him one 50-50 ball, I think, three I seen games him. I can't remember. No, we've sent, sent a few his way in the end zone. Uh, he hasn't come yeah. down with them. Uh, That's right. He, he has the little, you know, the little fade corner route. Uh, that he got the touchdown in the week before, but they're not throwing any bombs his way, which is, I yeah. think, what a lot of defenses were expecting. Yeah, right. And then I think defensively, my takeaways are we had three all-star performances from, I think, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, and Asante Samuel Jr. I thought played phenomenally. First, Derwin, with Chris Harris Jr. out, that was big for us. So we put deployed Derwin in the slot, and I thought for the most part, he killed it. Um, you, you tackle for loss. I, I think he should have been credited with the whole sack because he was just so disruptive on that play. Um, and now he's the PFS highest graded safety through two games. That's awesome. We need that same production when we face KC this week. Now, I loved the bounce back game we saw from Nas Adderley because he did not play good that first week. And I liked he led the team with nine tackles, which is not ideal. You want, you know, a linebacker or somebody closer to the line of scrimmage making those plays. But I thought, you know, he, he had a really nice hit on Amari Cooper in the end zone that helped um, break up one of Asante Samuel's pass breakups. And then that what really should have been an interception when he broke up the play to their the tight end, which I love to see because it was very, very similar to the play week one against Logan Thomas, which he got burnt on. This week, he adjusted. He maintained his leverage and made a phenomenal play on the ball. He should have I, came down with that as an interception. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him get the ball. The second best, the second best scenario in that, you know, second best outcome in that scenario is dropping it to the turf. So I'm, I'm taking that over six points any day. And then Asante Samuel Jr., welcome to the league, young man. This guy, very talented player. You could just tell he has a very long career ahead of him recorded his first NFL interception and he just perfectly read Dak's eyes. Dak overthrew his guy, but I think even if he threw that well, ASJ was all over that ends up picking it off and show some pretty solid return prowess, taking it back for 26 yards. This kid is just a cover specialist in the making. I think it's just a matter of time before offensive coordinators just to start throwing on the exact opposite side of the field of as him because through the first two games, he has given up five completions for 52 yards on nine targets. The only player in the league with a lower completion percentage when targeted is Jalen Ramsey. That is absolutely elite. I love what we got from Samuel Jr. And I, I just have a feeling he's going to pick up, pick off a lot more passes uh, by the end of his career. I have pretty much all the same goods. Justin Herbert, he did really, really well outside of those two interceptions. And even in those interceptions, um, it's not even like that was all on him. I know Keenan Allen got tripped up in the end zone on a timing route where he's supposed to let that ball go. And I know he said earlier today in his, in his uh, press conference that, you know, he should probably have moved to his next read. He probably shouldn't have let that go, but it's a timing route. That's one of those things where you take your drop and you let it go and you put it in position. And to be honest, the window really wasn't there, but that was the way that the play was designed. Uh, so overall, Justin Herbert completed 15 passes at one point. He was on fire and we were pushing the ball down the field, even with penalties, which mm -hmm. again, I'm going to get into the penalties. Uh, but he was still giving us a chance. He gave us a chance to win the game. 
He did more good than bad overall. Oh, yeah. You talked about it. Asante Samuel, he had a terrific game. He was sticking in coverage. He wasn't giving anything deep. Uh, he was giving up the short stuff. I know he gave up a couple passes. Uh, but even at that, he's recovering. He's keeping the ball in front of him. He's not giving up any big plays. Uh, Naz, he was, like you said, like he should. the ball should not have gotten to him. But he's the last man of defense, and he did his job ultimately. The only player you didn't talk about that, that I'm surprised you didn't talk about because this is your boy, Austin Eckler. <laughs> Austin Eckler had a really good game as well. He did. I think he averaged like six yards a carry. Uh, he was He's one of those dudes that just bounces off tackles, and he just he has a, a knack for just staying on his feet when, when there's contact, which is not something you typically see from a little guy like him. And then he made an incredible one-handed catch. Oh, man. Uh, he, he looked like – it looked like that hit hurt him because he laid down on the ground. I thought he was a little concussed. He went into the tent. No concussion, thank God. But he was – he was, I mean, he had over hundred yards all purpose and he's just, he had a really good game as well um, for the, the targets that he was giving for what he was able to do with his touches. Let's get into the bad. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to get right into the, the penalties because it is, it is the biggest issue of the chargers right now. This is mm-hmm. their story to get games into the season. Their biggest issue is just straight up discipline. And it starts with the penalties. Granted, the refs were horrendous. They were they were bad. They were really, really bad. But even really bad. so, you have to overcome them. So first quarter, fourth down, Kaiser Wright runs into Amari Cooper on a pass interference. This is kind of ticky-tacky a little bit just because, I mean, he wasn't even like trying to run into him. He was literally going out to the, to the um, I want to say it was the running back going out into the flats, and he just didn't see him, and he ran into him. I get it, but it's fourth down. It's it's a big play. It gave them a new set of downs instead of turning the ball over at like the 40-yard line, which would have been amazing. Second quarter, Allen gets called for taunting after a first down catch and run. Brutal. Just talking, talking too much. And that's a point of emphasis, this stupid taunting penalty that's plaguing the league right now. Uh, same drive, Storm Norton gets called on a zone run opposite direction of him. It's funny because he actually pivots his defender. He gets into position, but he's got his arm wrapped around the neck of the defender. I don't understand why he did that. Uh, same drive, third and eight, false start on Corey Lindsley. Um, I don't know how centers get false starts. I think that he had a couple. He he had a couple, but false start from the, the center is the one who starts the play, right? No. <laughs> he's the one who starts the play. It's, it's ticky tacky. It's one of those stupid penalties that, yeah, he was called for it. I don't I don't get it. They managed to still score on the drive, but I, they just made it extremely hard for themselves. Next series, Corey Lindsay got called for holding. We got lucky because we had a roughing the punter, but in actuality, those defenders should have never even got close to him. They left a wide gap. We got lucky. We got really lucky on that because that could have been turnover for a touchdown the opposite direction. Gave him a new set of downs. I don't know how that happened. That was that was that was a weird play too. And even Tony Romo in the booth is saying he said something like, "I think the Chargers did that on purpose, punted <laughs> it really slow so they could get the roughing the punter call." I, I guarantee Romo, nobody tried to punt slow. That play just took like eight seconds to develop. It yeah, and I I haven't really gone back and, and watched it. I, I wish this all twenty two would come out. NFL, if you're listening to this, please drop the all twenty two. I don't know why. The international game pass has it. Why can't we have it? Right? Like, 
This yeah. is America. Favorite like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's we... making me mad. <laughs> Same drive though. Uh, we get called for a pass interference after a 15-yard catch and run by Allen. They were at seven penalties, and it's only like the, the second quarter. Uh, Chargers somehow like they get called with another Keenan Allen false start with 17 le- seconds left in the drive. It ends with a 44. Miss, 44 yard miss field goal to not tie the game. Yeah. Ultimately they were pushing the ball down the field and we have eight penalties before halftime. It's, it's ridiculous. Next drive touchdown, Donald Parham. Great design. By the way, we fake a run to the left. We roll out to the right, get the next direction going. Donald Parham slipping on, on a drag route. And then he just turns up field. Nobody's out there by him. It's a walk-in touchdown basically. And it gets called for a blocking downfield. This was another ticky tacky. Odeabushi was like three yards deep. Yeah. He was, it's again, this is ridiculous penalties, by the way. And then they get called for two penalties at the goal line. First was an illegal shift that got called back another touchdown. On the same play, Cook is called for taunting for spinning the ball in front of the defender. Cowboys take the illegal shift because it takes the points off the board instead of the mm-hmm. 15 yards on the field goal. Ultimately, yes, the the refs were bad, but you gotta you gotta be disciplined, and they were not disciplined in any way, shape, or form, and it, it cost them the game. It took it took I counted it took fourteen points off the board. Yeah, we're all said and done, this game should have been 31-17 with the Cowboys driving on the final drive, and instead they kick a last second field goal. By the way. Awesome, awesome field goal by Greg the Leg there. 54-yarder for a guy who's injured, who's got back yeah. issues. Um, I was at that game. I'll, I'll talk about the game um, before we get into to some of the other parts of the negatives because that's too much negativity in, in <laughs> 10 minutes. The game, the atmosphere, it was awesome. It was – I can't wait for you to come to this Browns game. I am game. so excited. I was bummed that we didn't get – Obviously, we didn't get the win, but it's just another day closer till I get to see the greatest place on earth, which is SoFi Stadium. I can't wait to set foot in that stadium. It was loud, both sides. I, I mean, it was like 50-50 Cowboys Chargers, which honestly is not that bad considering how well the Cowboys travel. Uh, it was like 50-50, but it was still loud with 50% of the crowd being Charger fans. Um, and the, the atmosphere was great. I got a dude that sits behind me as a season ticket holder. He's going to be there every week. The dude whistles in my ear and I'm just, I want to turn around and just, I, I even asked him, I was like, yo man, can you not whistle my ear? You're a foot away from my head. And the dude was just being a total ass. So I get to look forward to that. I don't know. Maybe you'll get a little drunk and say something to him and I'll, I'll be excited about that. <laughs> we'll have to see how bad it is. Um, well, and we'll have to see how many beers I get because I am hitting the Thunder Alley tailgate pretty tough. I, I just know I'm going to be there. Can't wait to see all of the friendly faces over there. I did not get to make it to Thunder Alley. I left San Diego at 930. I had to go to Fullerton to pick up my little brother, and then we went from Fullerton. So it was a st- straight there, straight there. By the time I got there, it was like 12 o'clock. And the lines are already filling up to get into the gates. So uh, we ended up just skipping Thunder Alley this time. Uh, this just lets me know that I got to leave extremely early to, to get there to have some fun at Thunder Alley. But from the pictures I saw, Dan Wolkenstein looked like yeah. he had a lot of fun. He called me 
Uh, Thunder Alley is going to be a place to be, and I am extremely bummed out that I missed it. But oh, the yeah. atmosphere, the fans, it's dude, it's it's such a great experience. Uh, and I, I can't wait to bring you to this game because it's totally an experience unlike any other. We had a lot of fun with me and my little brother. That's cool. I mean, I can't wait. I'm like having lucid dreams every other night. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. I can't wait to bring you. What what negative things do you have to say about this game? Yeah, well, I think just piggybacking off of the penalties, that was my big thing from week one that I wanted squared away. And we did not do that. And I think from a mental standpoint, I thought we played worse in this game. It's And it's because of the guys who were committing the penalties. Corey Lindsley, the captain of our offense, our offensive line, shouldn't be shouldn't be committing false start penalties. And then to me, Keenan Allen, this is the second week that you have committed a false start penalty as a receiver. That is inexcusable. You should have maybe one every three years at receiver. Two and two games, way too many. And then the taunting penalty. I'm going to just put it out there. I think it's a horrible rule. It sucks. It's the no fun league coming down and saying everybody needs to be like robots. I hate it, but it is the rule. And if you listen to the NFL, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we just have to get on board. Keenan Allen, just like everybody else in the NFL, was briefed, like you said, that this is going to be a point of emphasis. You need to be smarter than that. And what kills me is, you know, he's the veteran of this team. You got a guy like Kenneth Murray, who in his second year, and granted it was after Keenan got flagged for taunting, but he made that great play, was going to do his dog crawl celebration, which I love, by the way. Realized where he was, realized what year it was, realized <laughs> he can't do that, and ran back to the huddle. So if, if that guy in his second year could have that much composure, I want at least that or more from my captain and Keenan Allen. It, it's just these mental mistakes and coming from the leaders of our team. We just can't, it can't happen if we want to go in the playoffs in, in a very tough AFC conference. You know, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show not too long ago and they had James Harrison on and they asked James Harrison, what do you feel about this? Like, how do you feel about this ridiculous rule? Right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in James Harrison fashion, James Harrison's like, look, this is what you do. This is the rule. Right. Because he's been flagged for more penalties than any player I can think of. <laughs> right. And he's like, you turn around, you celebrate, you think of him, you celebrate looking this way. You think about the guy, you just knocked <laughs> his head off and you, you turn around and you celebrate. Because you're allowed to celebrate. You just can't celebrate looking in their face. In the, the direction, taunting, right. The taunting wasn't even taunting. He was talking to him. He was well, talking to him. You can't – the no fun league. This is what the NFL no is, the no league. fun league. And looking back after it and listening to, you know, getting a little hindsight, it definitely looks like he's jarring at him for hitting him in the head because that was a pretty not legal hit. He led with his head, hit him in the head. So it, I've heard that that's what he was jarring about, but the ref gave him a chance to stop. He's there. And for a couple seconds, and he keeps going, and that's you, you just can't have that from yeah, one of the, the emotions. Can't let the emotions get the best of you. This is the rule. This is the way it's written. It's ridiculous, but you got to you got to play the game. And this Chargers team is the most undisciplined team right now. There is like it. They're undisciplined. Yeah, they need to get it together. And it's and not. It's not just the the penalties, right? The penalties is is the after effect of it. If you look at, there's a bunch of bonehead plays out there as well. I mean, think about the Cedric Wilson dump off. Duran James got 
his ankles broke. But then you also had Kyler Fackrell, Kenneth Murray, and Asante Samuel all take the same exact angle. This is like toward like what should have been like a five-yard loss turned into like a 20, 25-yard gain. Over pursuit. Over pursuit. KJ Hill fielding the punt inside the five. Come on, dude. This is it's it's discipline. It's just discipline. You talked. Uh, he said in his presser about how they slanted the wrong direction on a certain play. Uh, Brandon Staley did. This team is just not disciplined right now, mm-hmm. and that's what's killing this team overall. Because we are defensively, we're we're better than the opposing offense. We have been offensively. We're driving the ball down the field. How much hidden yardage is out there from these ticky tack penalties that are hitting us? And and it's a point of emphasis. You're, you're we're not talking about just penalty yards being driven back. We're talking about points off the board. You know what yeah. I mean? So discipline is is the key to my week three matchup. Uh, off the bat, Storm Norton had a really bad game. Go ahead and tell me everything I need to know about Storm Norton. Well, I think I just jumped the gun complimenting him last week because for whatever reason, he instantly regressed to the storm Norton we saw throughout training camp and we left him on an Island on Michael Parsons and he did not, he did not respond well. 11 pressures on 51 pass protection snaps. That is horrible. Absolutely horrible. But what kills me is the way Parsons was getting around him. It was the same move every time. Fakes outside, cuts across his face, and he's in the backfield. Like, I, I get it. Parsons is a very fast player. You have to respect his speed. But after two, maybe three times, I'm going to adjust my game plan a little bit. Storm Norton did not adjust play-to-play, quarter-to-quarter the entire game, did not make enough adjustments, and got beat, one to me, the exact same move, the outside in. And it was a great move, but you got to figure it out. And he didn't, in my opinion, make any type of adjustments. Uh, we... Tried chipping them with some running backs with some tight ends. Not enough, in my opinion. We need to give him some help this week moving forward because, yeah, he is, he's not a tackle you need to leave on an island by himself. He's our weakest link, and if anything, we need to be giving him some help. I agree with that. It's weird because you look at the the Washington football team defensive in Montez Sweat and, and Chase uh, – we, he handled himself fairly well there. It's the speed rushers that get him, right? Not the power guys. It's it's the speed, and it got the best of him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we tried to, you know, it's crazy. Storm Norton had 11 pre- total pressures uh, last week. The Kansas City Chiefs have given up 10 pressures the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> In one game. It's terrible. And I, we got we're gonna have to replace him here pretty soon if he doesn't figure it out. And that free well, agency class, it's 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 drying up. the The well is drying up, so we need to figure it out. But the fact that he performed so well against two very very great power rushers in Washington, the 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 footwork, the technique is there. It just seemed like it abandoned him last week and he was just trying to overcompensate for the speed he our offensive line coach needs to be in his ear and and tell him hey listen trust your fundamentals because you're there you're in the right place you're just over pursuing and he's just getting just out of out of position just a bit we didn't see that week one we need to and i think tyler shoon from the guilty 
charge podcast. He kind of nailed it on the head. The real Storm Norton is somewhere in between there. I hope it's closer to the week one guy, but I think it's somewhere in between there. It's not 11 pre- – he's not 11 pressures a game bad. We're going to definitely need that to be way, way, way lower moving forward, especially against Kansas City. If I'm a, if I'm the Chargers, if I'm on that coaching staff, I'm putting Uchenna Nwosu on him in practice every day, and I'm going to develop that part of his game. Yeah, is that it needs to, it needs to get developed. It needs to it has to get developed. We have to fix it. Yeah. Speaking of blocking, the defensive line got driven off the ball pretty much the entire game. Uh, they were running primarily off tackle, but even in between the tackles, they were they were getting enough push. Um, Tony Pollard and and Zeke had nearly 200 yards rushing on the ground. The Chargers basically have the worst pass rush or sorry, the worst rushing defense in the NFL right now. I don't think that's indicative of the personnel we have. Mm. Uh, I just think that we weren't able to keep up. We were defend the inside. They bump it out. We defend outside. They bump it in and we need to figure that aspect of it out. Uh, we just were we just filled it shrinking some of the running lanes off the edges. Uh, Tillery was exceptionally bad. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jones should be back next week, and we need him. Uh, we need him bad because that that's a gaping hole. Jerry Tillery experiment is quickly, quickly coming to a close. Um, a lot of pressure put on the linebackers, and even then uh, the backs were still able to make it up to the third level. So we got to figure it out. Maybe we need to unleash Forrest Merrill. That's, yes. that's my thinking right now. We need to unleash Forrest Merrill. Uh, cause I, right now, based off the small, tiny sample size I've seen, he's better than Jerry Tillery is. Well, I, I am so on board with that because for multiple reasons, one, we have not been performing good against the run. We're third in the third worst in the league with 324 rushing yards given up second worst with 5.59 yards per carry awful. I, I think getting Justin Jones back is going to help, but for a guy like Jerry Tillery, who has been awful his first two games who's not been known for his run prowess has always been a guy who's oh he's a good pass rusher he's not doing either good and we know he's a detriment to the run game why not we have these big guys on on the practice squad and Forrest Merrill, Braden Fajoko, even Joey Gazzano all those guys are way better against the run I think it is definitely overdue for a, a move activate one of those guys because right now just Jerry see Tillery, what you got just see right, what you right. got Based off of what you saw in the preseason, Braden Fehoko and Forrest Merrill, they were impressive. Jerry Tillery's been very, very quiet. Well, Maybe he, he needs that fire. Maybe he needs yeah. that. You're going to sit out this week. We're going to put you on the practice squad, and we're going to protect you the same we have Forrest Merrill because we seem to think so highly of him. Let's yeah. see what we have in Forrest Merrill. Who knows? Maybe he is. We already know he's the strong interior hold your ground type of player we this guy deadless minivans for a living fun for fun so i i think we're early enough in the season where we can experiment a little bit with something like that we know that the washington football uh the kansas city well let's just get into it we know that the kansas city defensive line sorry the kansas city offensive line has a young lot of young young players they're basically starting three rookies this year and when you look at trey smith you look at creed humphrey and you look at their right tackle lucas nyang who opted out for covid last year you've got 
a few guys in there that are they're 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 young. They they don't have a whole lot of experience. They're all good players who outplayed their draft stock right off the bat, but they're young players and it's a good learning experience for a young player like Forrest Merrill. See how he plays against them before you put him up against Zach Martin or you put him up against, you know, some premier talent. Just see what you got in that. You know, even if it's only 20 plays, even if it's only 15 plays, give him that experience because Jerry Tillery is losing you football games. He's giving you rushing yards. He's a liability right now. He was pancaked at least five times that I saw. Well, and he's he's rushing straight up. It seems like ball snapped and he just stands straight up. And he's a big guy. It's all about leverage and pad level on the defensive line. And he is walking like a, a robo. I, I don't even know what it is, but he's walking straight up and getting blown up, like you said, almost every single play. I I try I can find the guy on tape. He's been exceptionally bad. So the Los Angeles Chargers, who are one and one, play the Kansas City Chiefs one and one at Arrowhead Stadium, September twenty sixth at one p.m. Eastern time. This is going to be a morning time game for us at ten a.m. Pacific time. The game will be watched on CBS. I don't know who the announcers are because I could not find that information. As far as the injury report goes, the Chargers had four players who did not practice: Joey Bosa, Duran James. That's just precautionary. It's an extra rest day for some veteran players, some guys that we know that don't need the practice that need the health more. So uh, Chris Harris jr. Who injured his shoulder in the week one game and was inactive last week. Uh, he's, I don't know how much that shoulders hurting him, but it's enough to keep him out for extended time. And then Justin Jones is expected to return back to practice sometime later this week. Uh, we got a full practice out of Austin Eckler, Matt Filer and Kenneth Murray. Uh, Kenneth Murray injured his ankle and was out for a whole series during the first quarter of the game. Um, wondering whether or not he re-aggravated an injury from the um, earlier in camp at the FanFest game. Uh, something to monitor. Uh, nothing really of note with Eckler or Filer. Uh, for the Chiefs, the injury report includes Anthony Hitchens, Chris Jones, Derek Noddy, uh, all three of them were limited participants, and then they got full practices out of Blake Bell, uh, Trey Smith, Legarius Sneed, and Austin Blythe. What do you think are the keys to beating the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, first off, I love the NFL because you get these crazy matchups, and what I'm looking for defensively is the best safety in the league in Derwin James taking on one of the most lethal tight ends I've seen ever play in Travis Kelsey. This is going to be fun. And obviously DJ missed last season. So the last time these superstars faced off was back in the 2019 regular season finale. DJ just quietly handled his business, shadowed him basically entire game and held him to three catches on 24 yards on five targets. That's as almost as perfect as you can defend a guy. And it's almost like Derwin James brings his best when he plays this Kansas city, because that's not just a one take. He dominates when he guards against Travis Kelsey. So in his rookie year in 2018, played him twice, held Kelsey to eight catches for 67 yards on 15 targets, never scored. Derwin loves playing the chiefs and he always performs very well. We're going to need him again to bring his a plus stuff because 
This Chiefs offense is explosive. Kelsey is a big reason why he is the leading tight end right now with from, from a yards perspective. He has three touchdowns. If DJ can erase one of their offensive weapons, we stand a very, very good chance of pulling out a win at Arrowhead, which is not easy to do. I, I, I'm looking for a big game from DJ covering Travis Kelsey. Are you just straight putting Derwin on man on Kelsey? I am. Um, I am it's, because he he – I, I am because he thrives in that, and I really like. I really want to see what Asante Samuel Jr. can do against Tyree Kill. Chris Harris is Chris Harris Jr. status right now up in the air. I would like to see him back, but I'm really hoping lightning strikes a third time with Asante Samuel Jr. because I think he did a great job guarding Amari Cooper and CD Lamb last week. I think minus that acrobatic circus catch. Week one, he really shut down Terry McLaurin. So now he's going to draw another tough, tough matchup with the Cheetah. Like Tyreek Hill is a good football player. I, I don't like him as a person when you take football out of the equation. On the football field, he's a very, very good football player. But last week, he just was held to three catches for 14 yards. So even with that really, really bad game against Baltimore, he is – number four in the league right now with receiving yards because he just went off week one for 11 catches and 197 yards and a touchdown. So those are your polar opposites, right? If you you let him get loose, he's going to burn you really quick. But I think Baltimore showed you, he is human. You can stop him. I'm really looking at Asante Samuel Jr. Who should be our, our Pepsi rookie of the week this year or this week. He should. He definitely should. He's, he's winning before he was winning before we hopped on. But I, I now you got the cheetah. This is another breed of receiver. I want to see if he can do it again. He's different. There isn't. There's nobody else in the league like him right now. We don't have very many small. There's no Deshaun Jackson. Like he is that guy. Yeah. And the Chiefs also have another very similar type guy, and McCole Hardiman. So our our corners are going to have their work cut out because. We know that this team likes to play men, right? We know that our defense, we're going to be in some man coverage pretty often. I would much rather see, I don't know about the matchup between Michael Davis or Asante Samuel on Tyreek Hill. I don't know who I want following who. Um, Maybe it's a game plan thing where it's, you know, if it's third and 20, you put Michael Davis on him. And if it's anything short, you let the guy who's actually pretty good at coming up and, and tackling because Michael Davis has, has been horrendous in his tackling uh, so far through two games. I don't know, but it is – I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for him because there is tremendous speed between those two players. Yeah, well, and, and it's tough, like that you mentioned Michael Davis, because, yeah, from a speeds perspective, he's really the only guy we have that can match him step for step. So, I don't know, maybe it's like a bracket situation. Maybe we get some help over top. Maybe we put Asante Samuel over top and get some linebacker help. I, I don't know the solution, but I'm very, very excited to see what Asante Samuel Jr. can do in his third game after two very, very strong showings. Well, if you look at the Ravens game, the Ravens bracketed Tyreek Hill, and it led to the huge game that Kelsey had. I would still do the same thing. You got the matchup with Darren James, and then you would make McCall Hardman beat you and Byron yes. Pringle. And I don't even know if they have Demarcus Robinson anymore, but let let Patrick Mahomes pass that ball out somewhere else and, and let your 
Let your DBs do their thing. Let's bracket Tyreek Hill. Let's take him out of the game because I think that is a matchup that I'm actually afraid of. Um, and we're not playing soft cover three, which is kind of how you beat the Chiefs, right? You prevent them from throwing over the top. That's why the Chargers have had so much success over the past few years. Um, but you're going to be playing man coverage against this because that's how this scheme is. And I'm not looking forward to man coverage on Tyreek Hill. That's that's not something smart to do. I'd be playing a lot more cover two, um, a lot more cover three in this game, and and really limiting the amount of times you're playing in man. Yeah, because I, it's it's a dangerous situation. Playing man on Tyreek Hill is not smart. No, no, it's not. But and you, I think you said it perfectly. We have DJ on on. Travis Kelsey, we try our way to limit Hill and we force anybody else on this Chiefs team to beat us. Those two those two guys are getting all it almost all of my attention this week. Yeah, they they definitely are the that that's their team. That's that's how that's they their, win. Well, and yeah, Tyreek Hill's fourth in the league in receiving yards. Travis Kelsey, I want to say, is eight on that list. Like those guys are explosive. Let's Make anybody else beat us. I don't think they can. So, and we have the personnel. I, I, I told you the DJ stats. He owns Travis Kelsey. We need it again. And then we're going to have to try to figure out a solution for to slow Tyreek Hill down. On the offensive side of the bar ball, uh, we've broken down the Chiefs. I think we know the Chiefs better than any other team. Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Frank Clark is still active. I guess he didn't have that. Um, that's was the gun charge or whatever has yeah. taken him out of the game yet. Uh, Chris Jones is playing on the defensive end as well. So they do have some firepower on the edge. They, they can beat you in the pass rush today. I don't know how that's going to work a little bit later, but then they also have Jerron Reed and Derek Naughty in the middle. Uh, the chiefs have been struggling against the run uh, yep. pretty significantly. So I don't necessarily know how well their run defense is holding up. I know Willie Gay is out. Uh, he was put on IR. They still have Anthony Hitchens, but Anthony Hitchens is dealing with an injury. So you got a rookie Nick Bolton in there. Um, if you can get past that first line, you get to the second level, uh, you, there's a, a way you can beat them, and it's on the ground. I'm really looking to lean a little heavier on our on our run game this week. Um, and if we can get to that second level, um, and Anthony Hitchens is not 100%, and then you just have Nick Bolton. Ben Neiman is terrible. I think that's a, a key matchup today or this weekend is to really attack that second level. Yeah, that that is one of my keys too. Because um, first off, I've really liked how we've the Chargers have ran the football the first couple of weeks. I, I really like that run game. And then you mentioned it. This is going to be a great matchup to exploit for two reasons. First, they are awful against the run they're swiss cheese almost unexistent in run defense for the first two weeks i I said the chargers are third in the league in rushing yards allowed and second in yards per carry but dead last in both categories are the kansas city chiefs they've been gashed for 404 yards on the ground and giving up over six yards per carry this is definitely the biggest weakness of this chiefs team and to me they've shown that they can't stop the run so I would like to just run it down their throats until they prove they could do something about it. So that's- I'm a little hold on. I'm a little hesitant to just commit to the run because no. they were playing the Browns and the Ravens. And while the Ravens don't necessarily have any great backs on their roster right now, they still have a pretty good offensive line, and that's their 
bases. That That is what those teams are built on is the run. We're not a team built for the run. If we try to play the Browns game plan, we're not going to win. But I am looking to exploit it a little bit more. I want especially more. Especially to open up the play action. I'm talking more. I'm not saying yeah. Derrick Henry, let's give him the ball 50 times. That's all I'm talking about. I'm saying I want to see more run plays than we have been running the last two weeks because, like I said, they can't slow it down. They're not very good against it. The second reason I want to run the football is because I, I think this is really the key to the football game. If we run the football, it allows us to control the ball, dominate the time of possession, and then most importantly, you keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. To me, that is the best defense. Give him as few possessions as possible, hopefully have a bit of a lead before he does get his snaps. And like I said, this Chiefs offense is explosive. They put up 667 passing yards through the air, third in the league in scoring with 68 points. If we give him enough chances, Mahomes and Andy Reid calling the plays, they are crafty enough to figure it out. We win this football game by running the football, not turning it over, limiting Kansas City's possessions, and forcing Mahomes to play from behind. To me, that is the recipe for victory brisket. I was deprived of it. This past week, I am hungry for it, Justin Herbert. Give me some victory brisket. I think this is how you do it. So we did have 19 rushing attempts against the Cowboys. Uh, we averaged five yards a carry, so it it's it's working well enough. Now, granted, some of those are like chunk, like 12, 15-yard mm-hmm. plays. A lot of them are being stopped at the line of scrimmage. We're kind of up and down, up and down. So I would like to see maybe 25 to 30 carries just lean a little heavier on it. Um, maybe not make Justin Herbert throw the ball 41 times, maybe keep it down to 30, let him go. I'm totally cool, cool with him going 25 of 30 or something like that, 20 of 30, and then keeping the ball out of the hands, controlling the clock, and you know try to force – because Mahomes will take shots, right? He, yeah. He's not afraid to throw that ball out there. And you get that one turnover, that's all you need. You got to play mistake-free football. Uh, Justin Herbert's got two interceptions in back-to-back games, um, eight interception in back-to-back games, I should say. And let's just limit those turnovers and let's let's bring this score down. Let's not let it be a high-powered game because let's let's run the clock and let's keep it low and let's not give the ball back to him at the very end on the final drive. Let's yes, yeah. Let's let's close this game out. Let's With let our ball. offense close it out. Do not let the defense close it out. Well, and I think you make a good point. I, I think in a fire fight, uh, just a straight offensive brawl, we the Chiefs are better prepared for that. They have the big hitters. We are more built for long, sustaining drives, and, and that yeah. So I would much rather a, a low scoring game because I think it favors our team and our skill set a much much better than it absolutely an explosive does. offensive game. You're right. We don't have we don't have any speedsters. Like Jalen Guyton, he's fast, but he's not somebody you want to rely on because he doesn't have that superstar ability the way that McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill and even Travis Kelsey does, right? Right. You know, you look at Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's good run after the catch, but he's a possession receiver. He's a catch and fall down guy. Mike Williams is that big play threat, but we don't have him in that role right now. And to be honest, those are I don't I'm not okay with throwing 50-50 balls up. Well, and you know and you don't beat the Chiefs on 50-50 balls. It, it no. is not that that is what they've built this offense. They want teams to try to get in an offensive duel with them. That's what they want. That's what they're built for. Their defense 
isn't going to stop, isn't going to hold you under 24, 25 points often. So I think that is a big key. If we can hold them under three, four touchdowns, that is huge. What do you think is going to be the matchup of the game? What's your, your, your key matchup? DJ dude on Kelsey. DJ, I, I, I agree. I think that is the matchup to watch. Uh, what do you think the score is going to be? Score I am going with 32-28. I think it's going to be higher scoring than that because I don't think that the the Chargers coaching staff is going to be like that. And I, I think this is the game that you see um, – Justin Herbert really go off, right? He's been he's been quiet, right? He's been pushing the ball down the field. We've been getting he's been getting the yards. He's averaging over 330 yards a game. I think this is the week you get your four touchdown throwing touchdown game. Um, I want to see it because I got the Keenan or I got the Justin Herbert Austin Neckler stack on my fantasy team. It is not looking good right now. The Austin Neckler pick is really great. I need my brisket bandit to. Pull up his hold up his end of the bargain and like you said throw for four touchdowns and not turn the ball over two times that would be sweet. Uh, my offensive matchup that I'm looking at I'm looking at Shavarius Ward against Mike Williams. I think that's going to be a matchup to watch. Uh, Legarius Sneed I, I think is going to be in the slot lot, which is where mm-hmm. Keenan Allen is going to be at. Uh, I think while Sneed is super talented, I don't necessarily think that he's going to excel in that role, but just based off of the production that Mike Williams has, I'm really looking at that matchup. Uh, I think they're going to take some deep shots to Mike Williams this week, especially if Honey Badger is playing anywhere near the line of scrimmage. You're going to take that opportunity. And, you know, I think that's another thing that's going to be happening. You're going to see Honey Badger and Keenan Allen matched up at certain times when he's in the slot. So I expect to finally air open that, Open the offense up, let Keenan Allen really go out there, or Mike Williams really go out there, push the defense deep. Uh, he'll get those short underneath routes. This offense predicated on the short passing game, but they haven't really aired it out, aired it out. They haven't really designed any deep shots. They've been taking them when they, they can see them, mm-hmm. but this is the week to really open up that offense and really get things rolling. Three weeks in, this is the week that you'll see a huge game. It's going to be – it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to this uh, Patrick Mahomes, this uh, is Justin be Herbert a, matchup. A crazy game, and I, I think we've seen for two for the through the first two weeks, we are very close to being one of the better teams in this league. I think we've we've shown we have a lot of good qualities, and we are just this close from putting it all together. I can't wait for it all to click. I hope it's this weekend because I am so sick of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Yeah. Any closing remarks or was that it? No. Sounded like it. The the closing remark is let's get back. Let's get back on the top. Uh, We hold up. I am so flustered. I want to destroy the Chiefs this weekend. They all owned this division for so long. It's too long, in my opinion. I am ready. Like I said, let's put it all together. Let's make it click. What better week to do it than in Arrowhead? I don't think they're expecting much from us. I want a huge game from everyone involved. No penalties and four touchdowns from Herbert. I want some air guitar and I want some victory brisket. That's that's my I closing want some remark. victory brisket too. I will definitely be putting some brisket on the grill. Maybe I'll take some photos, post it all over my social media because this is this is a big game. This is one I had circle 
on yeah. my calendar, this one and the one later in the season. Let's go. Let's let's get some wins. And before I, I close this out, I just want to say that, Zach, I beat you on the Sandbox League. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs>